Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. And I'm here again with Chris Gross of Frito Nation Productions. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. So in our last episode, you told our audience that you were going to announce the names of our fish yes. mascot, which if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see on the video. And if you're not, if you're just listening to the podcast, here's your good reason to go check out the, the podcast on yes. YouTube. We've got this little aquarium here with these fish and we've got one that's blue. And so we obviously went with Dory and then we've got one with kind of a wonky orange fin. And so it's perfect for Nemo. So we've got Nemo and Dory in our in our aquarium here. Yeah, so these are our, our by the books ma- mascots. Yes. That I'm sure we'll continually use as <laughs> analogies for whatever we want. Yeah, and so it's generally a good representation. If you're a if you're a Dory, then you're running your business well. Keep on swimming. And you're taking care of things. When you step into Nemo territory, <laughs> Is when you get a little worrisome, remember? Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> he didn't listen to the good advice from his dad and he swam away and he got uh, captured and Willem Dafoe had to help him escape. So there's just, uh, it just fits so perfectly. It all just fits perfectly. <laughs> so that, okay. So well, now wait, what are wait, we doing? You're t- going to segue this in? Yes, I, I am. I'm looking forward to seeing how you segue this into <laughs> It's an it's, actual topic. It's not going to be pretty. So we talked about our fish. <laughs> and Lindsay, this is my nice, neat segue here. What are we talking about today? <laughs> okay. So in the last episode, I had talked about what to do if you're starting out. You have your business going, but you can't afford a bookkeeper yet. And I wanted to drill down a little bit more specifically on the topic of taxes because I didn't I breezed over that a little bit in the last episode. But I think it's a topic that merits drilling down on. So talking specifically today to small business owners, people starting out that might want to get a little bit more information about how businesses are taxed. So let's just say you are Bob's painting company now, right? Okay. You're good at painting. You've done it a little bit. And then people started paying you for your services. And you thought, this would be a great business. Well, you really actually don't have to do much to become a business. You can just start doing it. Now, there might be some county, local, state regulations that are different. But here in the state of Texas, you can just start doing it. You're a business now. You've decided you're a business now. Um, I had talked about in the last episode how important it is about keeping your business transactions separate. Now, legally, do you have to? No, but highly recommended. That's something that you do, but you don't have to. You can just start doing your business and change nothing at all. So let's say you want to be a little bit more official and you want to have a, you know, you want an actual business name. You don't want to operate as your own name. You can either go to the county courthouse and get a DBA, or if you decided to actually set up an entity like an LLC or a corporation, you can apply for an assumed name with your state to have a statewide protection over your name. Mm, Okay. 
and you can take that to the bank to set up a bank account. All right, so you're in business. You're official now. Let's talk about how your business will be taxed. Now, let's say you decided to keep operating as a sole proprietor, which that is going to be the default if you don't set up anything official. You will be a sole proprietor, and that's how you'll be taxed. A sole proprietor is taxed on your personal tax return. So there's a Schedule C that would be attached to your normal personal tax return, and that's where your business activity would be recorded. So whatever, if you're Bob's painting company, yeah, and you have accrued a few hundred dollars in income from somebody paying you for a painting job, yeah, that's now income that you would record on a Schedule C on your tax return. Now, whatever expenses you had, let's say, you know, obviously you got to buy paint. I got to get my brushes. Brushes, rollers, whatever else. And again, I recommend a separate bank account for this. (laughs) But whatever expenses that you've accrued for doing that job, that is now expenses that you would put on that Schedule C. So let's say you made $1,000 as the revenue. That's what you were paid for the job. Mm -hmm. But you spent $400 on materials and maybe a couple hundred dollars paying someone to help you out, now your costs are $600. That gave you $400 in profit on that job. So on a Schedule C, are you familiar? Do you know what are you taxed on? Are you taxed on the $1,000? Are you taxed on the $400? Okay, I don't know, so I'm going to guess. Okay. Should I guess? I am going to say that you are taxed on the $400. Yes. Okay. Correct. Nice. Now... There are some expenses that are not tax deductible. There's a lot of things that are not tax deductible. Okay. And that's where you hear this, you know, if you've ever heard, is that deductible or tax deductible? Yeah. Right. They're talking about what you can take off that thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Well, paying an employee or a contractor to help you with that job, that's deductible. Buying supplies for the job, paint, rollers, all that, that's deductible. All of those expenses are deductible, Mm -hmm. but there are certain things that are not. Let's say, for example, when you were trying to get the job, you took that that potential client, let's say you bought something at the grocery store, you know, a box of cookies or something, just to kind of up the game, right? Give them a gift to kind of, you know, is that deductible? I think it kind of depends on who you ask, actually, because mm. I've had CPAs mm. say, you know, and I think even on gifts, there's a limit, if I'm not mistaken, like $25 that wow. you can give as gifts okay. is what I've heard. Now, this isn't, I don't do taxes, so don't hold me to this. Yeah. But there's a limit on gifts. So let's say you spent $50 on treats, gifts, whatever, just to kind of yeah. not bribe. <laughs> Try and but- <laughs> entice them a little bit. <laughs> yes. Right? So- my understanding of it is you can, to a certain extent, you can deduct those gifts, but not all of it. So if you spent $50 and you can only deduct 25 then you would only be able to put 25 sure. on that Schedule C on your tax return. Yeah. Um, there's other things that are not meals, for example, business meals. Um, just this year, they have now said that if it's in a restaurant, because they're trying to help the restaurant industry, if it's at a restaurant, you can deduct it 100%. But if you buy it at a convenience store, gas station, grocery store, that's only 50%. Interesting. Okay. If it's entertainment, used to, you could deduct 50% of entertainment. If you took a client to, 
a baseball game or yeah. whatever. You used to be able to deduct 50% of that. Now you cannot deduct that at all. Yeah. So there are certain things that you cannot put on that Schedule C as a deduction off of that revenue. But there are legitimate expenses that you can do to take it. So that's what the tax deduction means. It means it's reducing your taxable yeah. income. Yeah. That $1,000 is now reduced down to 400 because you took those deductions off. Gotcha. So let's say I am a, um, let's say I'm a, a one or... I, I'm an IT person. Uh, I do IT work and I've got one employee under me. So if I had to buy some kind of equipment that I would need for doing my job, that would be deductible. Yes. If I was driving to see my clients, you know, if someone at uh, at the hospital needed needed a firewall repaired or something, I could deduct my mileage yes, on that. Correct. But if I decided that my employee who I thought did a stellar job, if I wanted to take him out to, you know, bowling night, I can't deduct that. You know, I'm not actually sure about the rules related to employee meals or entertainment. Cause that might be a okay. different category. Cause it's like employee appreciation. So you were, we'll were you just get a CPA on to talk yeah. about all the, cause, cause there's all kinds of scenarios, right? right? You know, what if it's an employee, I, if it's a client, I know okay. that's when the rules yeah. apply that I was talking about. But if it's an employee that may change things. Okay. Because, so you were speaking specifically about clients. Yes. So if I'm having a or client, prospects. if I'm having a client appreciation party and I take four of my clients out and I pay for two hours of bowling, none of that's deductible. That's my understanding. Okay. Now, okay. again, I'm not a CPA, so don't yeah. hold me to it, but it is my understanding if you took clients out for some kind of entertainment, those are not deductible, but that may change if it's employees. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, so I will try to find someone on this topic because this would be actually a great topic, meals yeah. and entertainment, that we should do an episode on. Because I can see how... If if you thought all that stuff was tax deductible, and yeah. you could be spending <laughs> some serious cash. So yes. th th I bet there yes. would be lots of people who wouldn't love to know. Yes. Uh, and there's probably been some businesses canceling their box seats to yeah. sporting <laughs> events now that they can't write them off. <laughs> that is funny. But, so, you know, um, you do hear a lot with people trying to entice not using the word bribe to buy certain things you know they will say hey this is a tax write-off this is a tax right. deduction yes. so this is a big part of when you are a business owner at the end of your uh, fiscal year or whatever getting to do your taxes yeah and, and understanding what's actually deductible right. and what isn't and that's obviously why many people hire a professional to sort that out and yeah. figure out what actually can be deducted so Schedule C, that's how it operates. You take your income, deduct your tax deductible expenses, and you pay taxes on what's left. Okay. Um, and that would also apply to LLCs that are single member LLCs. They are taxed as sole proprietors. Okay. So that's basically two types of companies, sole proprietors and single member LLCs. They're both on a Schedule C on your personal tax returns, and that's how they're taxed. So if they're taxed the same way, why would you want to be a single person LLC versus a sole proprietor? So LLC stands for Limited Liability Company. 
And what that means is that you're limiting your personal liability. So, okay. for example, yeah. going back to Bob's painting company, let's say something were to happen on that job, heaven forbid, and someone... A ladder falls and hits somebody in the head. Yes. Yeah. Something happens to where now you're being sued. Probably some kind of negligent situation, right? Where they're coming after you and suing you. If you're an LLC, the reason why people choose that entity is to limit what can be taken from them personally. What you're wanting to do is maintain those whatever was the result of that litigation, whether it's punitive damages or some kind of settlement, you want to limit it to just the business assets. Gotcha. Gotcha. And not let them come after you personally and your personal assets, Mm, your house, your cars, whatever's in your personal bank account. This is another reason to keep it separated in your bank accounts and credit cards. Because if you do commingle, Let's say you do go t- set up the LLC so you can limit your liability. If you have everything commingled, it doesn't matter because mm, you've yeah. commingled it all. If you've ever heard that terminology, piercing the corporate veil, that's what it means. Everything is commingled where there's no distinction between personal and business. And therefore, they'll say it's all up for grabs. Yeah. So if I, I've set up my LLC, I'm Bob's painting, I've set up my LLC, mm-hmm. but when I went to eBay to bid on the the Nolan Ryan autographed trading card, I used my my business account. Then when the ladder falls and they come to sue me, they can take away my prized baseball card. <laughs> um, I don't know that if that was the only transaction, like if that's the only time you did that. But if it's mixed in, like let's say I do it, I'm be- a I'm a heavy eBay guy. <laughs> Like I'm like I'm bidding a couple times every day on multiple things and uh, it's become let's just say honestly, like it's become quite an addiction for me at Bob's painting. My my eBay bidding. It does so much that they could come after the asset that you used your business account for. It's just a matter of if the if the prosecution can make the case that you're basically one and the same, the business and the yes. personal. It's yeah. not that they're going to yeah. say, because you bought this item with a business account, now we can come after this item. It's more of trying to prove that it's all one and the same yeah. in general, and therefore all your assets, your personal assets are up for grabs. Yeah. But they could look at me and say, hey, you used business, your business account, business expenses to bid on this Nolan Ryan card and, you know, the Shrek 2 DVD. (laughs) And somebody could come to a logical conclusion that, hey, you don't need those for your business, (laughs) right? Certainly. Yes. I heavily advise people to keep it separate. Pay yourself and then buy your personal groceries, eBay items, whatever else from your personal account. Okay. It is just, I can't even emphasize (laughs) enough how important it is to do that for many reasons. So that is, in a nutshell, the soul props and the LLC single members. So let's talk about multi-member LLCs and partnerships. Okay. Those get taxed on a form 1065, which is different from the personal tax return. 
So there are some businesses that do have to file their own tax return just for the business. It can't just be on your personal return. And we talked about the Schedule C. Yeah. For the Schedule C businesses, they don't have to file a separate business return. It's all on the personal. For a partnership, a multi-member LLC, which is taxed as a partnership unless they elect otherwise, an S-Corp or a C-Corp, all of those have to file a separate business return that's separate from the personal return. And if it's a partnership, multi-member LLC, S-Corp, any of those pass-through entities, their taxes are actually due before the personal returns are due. So the personal returns are normally due on April 15th. If it's a pass-through business entity, then it's due on March 15th. Yikes. And what do I mean by pass-through entity? Meaning, it yes, it does have to file a separate return, but all the information flows through to the personal return. So ultimately, even though the business files a return, it's basically just an information-only return. No taxes are paid at that point because all the taxable liability goes to the owners. Okay. So that would be the multi-member LLC, the partnerships, and the S-Corps. Those have to file their taxes a month earlier than the personal returns because I think the main reason is because the documents from those business returns have to be put on the personal returns. So you have to have those done first before you can do your personal returns. Gotcha, gotcha. So if you have a partnership, S-Corp, multi-member LLC, you're going to be getting a K-1 if you have even part of an ownership in those an ownership interest in those. You get a K-1 form that basically explains your your portion of the business, what your part of it is, and you put that on your personal tax return. And that's how you're taxed, is through your personal tax gotcha. return. So if you made money through that entity, it's going to show on your K-1 either what what profit there was, if there was any distributions, your capital contributions, all of that's on your K-1, and then you put that on your personal return. And that's where ultimately you're taxed on it. If it's a C-corporation, which is public companies, the big companies we know of, yeah, Home Depot, Walmart, all these huge corporations, if you're a public company, you have to be a C-corp. You don't get an option. No. If you want to be a public company, you're a C-corp. Um, So most of the time, C-Corps are large corporations. Not always, but typically they're very big companies. And a lot of the disadvantage to being a C-Corp is that there's double taxation, meaning that you, when you file that C-Corp return, you're also taxed on that C-Corp return. And if you pay yourself any of the profits, you also have to pay taxes on that part that you paid yourself Mm. on your personal return. Which is why if you've ever heard the, the term double taxation as it relates to C-Corps, that's what they're talking about. Because you have to pay taxes when you file the business return, and then you have to pay taxes for any of the profit you took on your personal return. So that's why a lot of people favor the flow, the, per, the um, pass-through entities, mm-hmm. because they only have to pay once on their personal return. Yeah. So that's in a nutshell how to file the taxes for these different entities. There are some differences in the way we talked about how on on a a schedule C, right? What you're taxed on. 
Same thing applies to the other pass-through entities to a point. There are some differences. For example, with the S-Corp, you have to put yourself as an owner on salary. You don't have a choice. When you're on a Schedule C, yeah. you don't have to because you're going to be taxed on that profit. In fact, you shouldn't because there's no tax advantage. Yeah. Um, because you're taxed on the whole entire profit no matter what. Yeah. With an S-Corp, if you put yourself on payroll, then obviously now you're paying taxes on your W-2 paycheck. Taxes are going to the IRS that way. Whatever you give yourself as distributions outside of payroll, you don't have to pay the payroll taxes on those. Whereas on a Schedule C that we talked about earlier, you have to pay the self-employment tax, which is the, those payroll taxes on all the profit. That $400 we talked about earlier, yeah, you're having to pay self-employment tax on all of it. With an S-Corp, you get the advantage that you don't have to pay that self-employment tax on any of the distributions you paid yourself. Now, where people get in trouble when they have an S-Corp or their taxes an S-Corp is that they don't put themselves on payroll. And they only pay themselves yeah. distribution. Okay, well, uh, so I was going to ask, what what then is stopping me from, I'm, I'm Joe Bob, and I am owner of Home Depot, and what's stopping me from saying, well, I don't want to have to pay taxes, so I'm not going to put myself on payroll, and I'm just going to take all of my quote-unquote salary through distributions. Well, Home Depot is a C-Corp. That's different. So, okay, okay. Well, we're talking about S-Corps. S-Corps, gotcha, S-corps. gotcha. Um, so in the S-Corps, it's a pass-through entity, and it goes through to the to the personal tax return, right? Is there anything stopping you? Well, the IRS, if they come after you, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're obviously going to say you had no payroll taxes that came in. They know your social security number, right? <laughs> um so that's where people have gotten in trouble. Even people that have paid their self, paid themselves a salary, but it was a very minuscule salary. And we have an episode talking about this, actually, but our LLC um, episode, I believe it was, where I was talking about this. And I actually gave some case studies where people got in trouble <laughs> because they pay themselves just a measly, you know, whatever, $12 an hour, whatever, and their distributions were way higher. Yeah. And it's not so much the amount as it is the ratio between your distributions and your payroll. And I've heard some CPAs, you know, they have debates about yeah, how much yeah. really is the right ratio. But I have heard CPAs say your distributions should be less than 50%. So oh, just wow. making sure that most of your income is payroll if yeah. you're an S Corp. Now, let's take situations where you're not on payroll. And I think you have some 1099 income, so you probably relate to this. You get income and no taxes are taken out. Correct, yeah. And obviously in a a sole proprietorship, single member LLC, other types of income that you're not required to be on payroll, you'll have that, right? You'll have income coming in and no taxes taken out. Yeah. Do you pay estimated quarterly taxes? Yeah, can I tell you the the story on why I'm why I'm I'm so heavy on it now? Okay. So my last semester in college, I began an internship. It was a paid internship. Okay. And so I was being paid and 
you know, I'm, I'm at this time, 21, 22 years old. I'm just taking the check and, you know, depositing it. And I'm not looking to see if taxes are being taken out. And it comes to, you know, I started in August, September, and it comes to tax time. And I come to find out that I'm a 1099 contract employee and there have been no taxes taken out. Yeah. And I've said this before. My dad helps with, with our ta- with helps me do my taxes. And he goes, were you not paying attention to see that there was, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't look for that stuff. Like I don't pay attention to that stuff. So I learned pretty quickly at that point. Cause I had to write, you know, it's a pretty hefty check. And I am the guy who is like, I, I am in a bad mood for a week if I do not get a tax return, a tax return. And it's, it, it wasn't refund. just that I had to pay. Yes, a ta- yes, yes, a refund. And so instead I was sending a, a big check. And so I learned pretty quickly from that point <laughs> that uh, better be making your estimated payments and you better be making sure that you're paying the now right Now, did amount. you have to pay a penalty? I did not have to pay a penalty. Okay, so it wasn't enough to where the IRS said you're penalized then. So I... I I, I assume they've looked at it by now. That was probably 20, 2014. But what we just what we ended up doing, I believe, was we went back and we calculated how much I would have owed, mm. and I just paid that mm. at, at that point. Got so it. yeah, I never never had to pay any penalties. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So if it got to be too much, you would be penalized. Yeah. And I don't know what the threshold is. Um, I don't yeah. know what point the IRS says, oh, this is way too much for you not to have submitted to, to us mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the tax return is sort of an informational report to show whether you're owed any money back or if you owe them. Yeah. But the IRS, it, it, we're in a system of pay as you go. They do not allow you just to wait until April 15th Correct. if you yeah. have a huge tax liability and all of a sudden throw it their way. <laughs> um, in fact, if you're an employer, you're obligated to pay your employees taxes within a certain time frame. Most people, it's within three days. Wow. Yeah. Um, some if you if you don't have that much payroll, sometimes you can do it monthly or quarterly. But most employers have to pay it within three days of the pay date. And so if they don't, and I, I've experienced this before, where maybe somebody forgot a deadline, they get a letter from the IRS, and the IRS will send a letter every time to the employer saying, you paid two days late, or you paid a oh, week geez, late, yeah. and they get a penalty because yeah. of it. So yeah. there's very little mercy when it comes to that. So let's take Bob's painter, right? Mm-hmm. Bob the painter. He's taking all this income cash or checks or credit cards in from these painting jobs that he's doing. But no one's taking taxes out of it. Mm-hmm. And the IRS at that point doesn't even know he exists, right? Let's, you know, say he had a full-time job that he quit and now he's doing this. Yeah. IRS doesn't even know about it at this point. But come April 15th, when he has to file his Schedule C, yeah. they're going to know because let's just assume Bob the Painter is an upstanding guy and he reports all his income. Yes. The IRS may look at that amount and say, whoa, 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 you should have already been paying these taxes last year. 
And so that's what the estimated quarterly taxes are for, is to make those estimated payments of what you think you're going to owe. And it's really hard. And a lot of CPAs have formulas and things that they put together to help people with that. Cause it really depends on what tax bracket are you in? Mm-hmm. What deductions mm-hmm. are you going to have? Maybe you have a spouse that has a full-time job and they're paying W2, which by the way, that's usually how I've handled it. When I had 10 99 income is I'd have my spouse increase his taxes that came out of his paycheck. Yeah. And so I just knew it was taken care of on that side because he was overpaying taxes to account for the 1099 I was making on my end. Yeah. Um, So there are different ways you can do that. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure when April 15th comes around that your tax liability is not more than it should be to the point that now you have to pay penalties Mm -hmm. in addition to all the taxes you've got to pay. Yeah. So the, the idea is to pay as you go. Yeah. And, and there's like, it's it's four days that you have to have your payment in by. Um, it's the 15th of, I know one January, is June. June, yeah. yeah. It's I, weird though. It doesn't even, I don't well, think follow actual quarters. It's very it, strange. It doesn't. And I believe there's, you would think, okay, we got 12 months. You make a payment every three months. Yeah. And I think it's, there's one that's, it's weird. June to August or July to September where it's only two months apart. So there is, it, it's not how you would expect it, expect so know, it to I be. I think January and June are two of them, but I, I can't think okay. of what the other two are, but it yeah. doesn't follow normal fiscal no. quarters. It's yeah. so strange because the IRS just can't, you know, just like you get no. mileage deductions of 55.6 yeah. cents, you know, like, can we not just say <laughs> 56 cents or yeah. 55 cents. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's so it is strange to where you would think like, oh, well, you know, it's January 15th, so logically it would be no. It's not it's not logical. Yeah. Um the nice thing is though that I have found is you go to the IRS page that has that and it's got all the days laid out and it says to pay, you go here. Now the hard part like you said is how much do I actually need yeah, to pay? Right. Um, but once you get to the IRS website, thankfully they tell you, here's the day that it's due. And what I've done, because I am absolutely absent-minded on things like this, I just set a reminder to, for that. That's you smart. know, if it's due uh, September 15th, let's say, I will set a reminder for September 1st and then I can get my brain churning and I've got a couple of weeks to... And I'll say this too, you don't only have to pay on those days. You could do it weekly or monthly if you just wanted to do it in, you know, small increments and not wait till the whole quarter is over. Because I'm sure by the time the quarter is up, it's a pretty substantial amount. Yeah. But although that gives me a headache thinking about having to write a check every week, (laughs) although I, I guess it ends up being the same amount, but yeah, I... I had not thought of doing it that way. Yeah, I just I just wait till that month and I write it for that quarter that had been before. You so. know, obviously, a lot of people would not like that idea because they feel like they're giving the IRS, like, t- uh, what do they say? Interest-free loan, you yeah. know, <laughs> paying it before they have to. Yeah. So everyone has their different take on it. But if you were wanting to just make sure you didn't spend that money and not having this huge tax liability at the end of the quarter, you could just pay it every yeah, week, just that's a, like you would a good on idea. your paycheck, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be that day that the IRS steves it. That's just the due date of when it has to be in. Yeah. 
And it can be paid online. Do you pay online? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's the easiest way because the, the post office and then IRS, I heard, has thousands of pieces of mail that have not been opened. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy. And you get an email within about 30 seconds that says your payment has been sent or whatever. So it works out yeah. really well. So if you're a sole proprietor or pass through entity that's not um, an S Corp where you're on payroll, definitely recommend making sure that you're making those estimated tax payments so that you're not finding yourself in a sticky situation come tax time. Yeah. It sounds like I avoided at that job. I kind of avoided some serious penalties. Yeah, you could, you could have gotten some. Yeah. So you lucked out there, I guess you learned your lesson early on. Somehow, <laughs> maybe through osmosis. I told those, those stiffs at the IRS that, Hey, I'm just a stupid kid. Like, this was a complete, honest, 110% innocent mistake. I'm not going to do it again. And I don't know. I guess I just picked up on it somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope this has been helpful. Do, do you think that this has been informational? As someone not being in, in the industry. Oh, yeah. Pretty clear. Oh, yeah. And it lays out, I, I think in this episode, we've laid out very well, based on the different entities, what it's going to look like for you paying your taxes. And honestly, like we mentioned with deducting expenses, you know, one of the things we mentioned on the podcast last week, uh, you know, tracking your miles, things yes. like that. Those are things that you need to be doing now. Right. Um, yes. you, you don't want to wait till, you know, you're filing your return in April and you go, all right, got to go back and figure out how many miles I right. drove in 2021. Um, so yeah, this has been of this has been a value, and uh, there's a couple things that that you can do the the listener, the viewer, if you found value in this. Um, one of the easiest ways it won't even take you 15 seconds. If you're on Apple, you scroll down, you push the five star, you leave a review. Uh, you know, you can send a nice message to Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, love the podcast. Your co-host is really great and fantastic. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to say you don't have to say that. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you hit subscribe, and then the really easy thing to do, you hit the bell next to subscribe. And if you do that, uh, it's for your benefit. So that way, you know when there's a new video, it's it automatically comes to you. You can get email or just a push notification. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Or if there's somebody you know who this information would be beneficial to them, and if you're watching this, you're some kind of business owner, I imagine through your through your networking, through your social circle, you know other business owners who might be having some of these struggles. So just click share. You send the link to the people there, and um, this could be a benefit to them as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all of our listeners and viewers. You, yes. you are amazing. We appreciate your support. Um, if you'd like to contact me, my email info at sakline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com is our website and all the links to all of our podcasts, platforms, and our YouTube channel is on our website. If you want to check those out, how can they find you, Chris? Yes, you can check us out, freedonation.live. You can check out uh, more about us there. You can also schedule a free consultation. We also have a free advice tab for those of you who may be podcasters yourself, or just email me any questions, any thoughts, anything like that. Uh, Chris, K-R-I-S at freedonation.live. I'll say this too. If there's any topics that our listeners or viewers, any of you would like to hear, please let me know. Send me an email or do a comment on one of our platforms and let me know what it is that you would like to hear a podcast about. And, and I can almost guarantee this that if it's a question you have it's a question other people are thinking about as well 
Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Lindsay Klein with Sakline Honest, Accurate Bookkeeping performed on time and your host of By the Books. Until next time, have a great week, everyone. By the Books is presented by Sakline Honest, Accurate Bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Sakline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit sakline.com or email info at sakline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Sakline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.